Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Best Life Cafe. This is Season 5, Unscripted, Episode 1. And I am so happy to be back on the air, like giddy happy. And so happy Yay. to introduce my new guest host, Tim Poma, who's sitting here Hi, in everybody. our shifted studio. <laughs> Uh, he is an artist. He is a spirit life seeker. He's my friend and, and literally an all-around great guy. And I know any girls out there that know him are listening and saying, oh, yeah, he is a great guy. I personally met him four to five years ago in a hot tub at our local Yeah, gym. weird. Uh, totally weird. And we had many, many enlightening conversations on how to change the world. And here we are today. We share our love of manifestation. He's the kind of friend we can go weeks and months without talking and pick up right where we left off. I love that about us. And in today's podcast, we're going to get to know him a little and get a sneak peek of what's to come. And I just want to add one thing, and that is to all of the Best Life Cafe listeners, this has predominantly been a female show. I've had two male guests in three years of of running this podcast. And I've always wanted to have the dynamic of male-female because I think that the yin and the yang is so important, whereas maybe three years ago I was more like the female message must be heard. Now I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But the men have something to say here too because men have been given like a crazy raw deal in the last couple of years with all the different things that have happened. So anyways, to the introduction, Tim Palma, tell the people who you are. I'm so excited to have you here this morning. Well, thank you very much for having me, and also good morning, world. Happy, beautiful day to you all. I hope everyone's going to have a wonderful day today. Uh, my name is Tim Poma. I am an artist extraordinaire. I actually don't even – designating uh, myself as just one thing is silly. I do a lot of different things. Um, I just finished remodeling Halo Hair Salon and just built a, a really nice desk for Body Glow. So I do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and uh, in my spare time, I make uh, Volkswagen bus paraphernalia, like candles and um, butter dishes. I have been an artist now for about 10 years, and I um, was, uh, two years ago, I decided to quit my job at the city of Ukiah to pursue my passion full-time, and it has been a crazy wild ride full of excitement and the best part about it is that there is never a dull moment in my life and every day is different so uh that's a little bit about me um kathy like i said so grateful (laughs) to be on your show this is really exciting Uh, i can't wait to dig in so you know i want to tell i'm going to tell the story because which is so incredibly apropos Today is Cinco de Mayo. It's May 5th. Happy Cinco de Mayo, everyone. Three years ago, I call it my Freedom Day because it's the day that the universe made a choice for me that changed my life forever. And so I want to tell you guys the type of guy that Tim is. We saw each other almost every morning in the hot tub because we shared the the Ukiah Valley Athletic Pool together, many couple of us, and Drew which we'll talk about in just a minute. Oh, yeah. And, he, uh, and we would um, 
one morning, particularly right after May 5th, I walked into the club. It's 5 a.m. And, you know, 5 a.m., everybody's just, like, stumbling out of bed. There's just no shame to your game. You're just walking into the gym. just like Hair's all messed up. Yeah. Curler's still in. Right. <laughs> like, what, mac, not even matching sweats. Like, you don't care, right? You're just, like, yeah, yeah. cruising in. <laughs> so I'm, I'm here to work in. out. And I see you, and you look at me, and you pick up my energy. And the minute I gave you a hug, I broke. And I wasn't, hadn't broken. I had been stoic and strong and like, I get through this situation, you know. And it was at the time just so overwhelmingly devastating what was going on. And you just held me and let me cry. And I never forgot that moment because it was like, sometimes you need people to pull out of you what you're stoically going through. So I just wanted to say, you're that guy. And I really appreciate that moment that we connected. And I think that was, I knew that I could trust you because when you're going through trauma and stuff, you don't know who to trust, especially for what I was going through, what you don't know who to trust out there. So you really just sort of solidified, I want to say my faith in men in that moment, you know, because there's a lot of really good guys in the world and you're one of them. So thank you. There are so many amazing people out in the universe, men, women, uh, boys and girls. You know, um, I'm, I'm very fortunate and very lucky to be one of them. Um, and, yeah. you know, when you were talking about that, um, that moment when I saw you, I actually just got chills here in my, at my house because I was having that remembrance of that encounter where you just, I, as soon as I embraced you, you just let it all go. And then I was like, what is going on? Let's talk. And you just like, <laughs> pat it out. Pat it out, girl. That's so funny to get the other perspective. He's like, well, what the hell is happening here? Oh, my God. Okay, I just wanted to say hi. But we could do this. That's, that's okay. Uh, and that's really how friendship and life works, you know. It's like, it's like, uh the people that you can let go of all the facade and let go of the look that people might think. And having that be a part of uh, my life at that time was so important to me. So I, uh, we also met, we also discussed many conversations, and one of it was the fact, and not a shameless plug, but because I wrote a book called Six Months to Live, making each day matter. And when you and Drew kind of found out about that, uh, you guys were intrigued. It was like, wait a minute. Okay, so that's a question. And then you shared with me uh, your story of how you had a near-death experience and what that was like. And so uh, if you could just, like, dive right in. And I know, first of all, I just want to say this story has been shared on the Like It or Not podcast with Drew and Carter. And that's right. If you haven't listened to that, if you haven't listened to that podcast yet, I highly recommend you go back and subscribe because this is like hanging out with the bros. Okay, like I have four <laughs> brothers. I am a guy girl. Like guys, you know, I can walk into a room of guys and not have any intimidation and just sit around and kind of shoot the shit. It's just because I had brothers that it made it very comfortable. But hanging out with you guys on the podcast, it's like behind the scenes of three guys hanging out, you know, and I loved it. And so I just wanted to say a uh, shout out to oh, you so and for, for me able to listen to your story uh, again on that podcast and really inspired me to bring your story forward. And 
I want our listeners and people who are trying to live their best life to, to know that life is short and you need to be living your best life because things like this like really happen. So dive on in. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, I just want to start off that we should be grateful every breath that we get um, and be so happy to be alive. The, the truth of the matter is, is that reality is thin at different points in time and uh, it can, you can lose it easily. So take good care of yourselves. So with that said, um, let me rewind here. Uh, so uh, it was, oh God, what year was that? All right. Um, I was like 24 years old right now. I'm 39, going to be 40 this year. And I woke up one morning and I had what I thought to be a pneumonia. So I called my doctor and told him that I think I have a pneumonia. And he laughed at me because I'm 24, super healthy. My 25th birthday is literally like two weeks away. And um, he's like, okay, well, I'm on vacation, but uh, I'll come home. Why don't you go to the hospital and get an x-ray and do that thing? Well, in the meantime, I am miserable. I can barely breathe. It hurts my whole body, my being, my essence is just exhausted. And uh, yeah, so I muster the strength to walk down these stairs and get out to my car and go to the hospital. And when I'm uh, at the hospital, I end up waiting in a chair for like an hour and um, they call my name and I'm really excited. And then... (laughs) I just found out they just wanted my insurance, and then they made me sit down for another 30 minutes. So uh, I get an x-ray, and um, they, uh, sure enough, I have a pneumonia. So my doctor comes home, and he sees me in his office. Uh, His name is Dr. Lemke. Probably saved my life, actually. Um, And when... um, when he came home and he's like, okay, so you have two choices. You can go to the hospital or you can go home and take some antibiotics. And I was really, I don't like hospitals. I don't think anyone really likes hospitals, but thank God for them, I suppose. And uh, I said, Hey, I want to go to the hospital. I feel terrible. And he goes, okay, cool. So that night I pass out and I start feeling a little better by the next day. And Dr. Lempy comes in and he's like, Hey, you know, there's something not right here. I think that we should send you to another hospital. Uh, You need to go somewhere where there's a pulmonary specialist. And I am reluctant also while I'm in there, um, there's a nurse in there like that is talking over him saying that I'm going to be fine in the morning. Everything's going to be fine in the morning. And of course, you know, I'm optimistic. So I, uh, I decide not to go. Well, that night, um, I am really struggling to breathe. It's a nurse comes in to check my vitals, and she's just fresh off a cigarette break. And that is when I go into a state of panic. As she reaches over me to grab my wrist or whatever the heck she was grabbing, all I could smell was cigarette smoke. And I already was struggling to breathe. And at that point in time, I'm like, okay. I need to, I need to do something. This this is getting for real. So, um I So the next morning, Dr. Lucky comes in and I'm like, I want to go to the hospital. And he's like, "All right, let me get you a helicopter. We'll have you to Santa Rosa." So my mom and dad left. Um 
Ukiah at like nine in the morning um, to get down to Santa Rosa, and the helicopter didn't get there till like three o'clock. By this point in time, I am really, really struggling to breathe. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, short panty breaths like a dog would have. <laughs> and um, as I'm getting loaded up in the helicopter, um, I'm like, oh god, just. So such a heavy mass on my chest to even pull any air in. Um, I get loaded into the helicopter. I'm laying down in the, um, I don't even know, like the back end of the helicopter. There's a pilot and a flight nurse. And those two are up front, and I'm laying down in the back, uh, can't breathe, kind of scared, I think. Um, and as we're flying to the hospital, I have this realization that I am going to die. And I I immediately start crying and I um, start praying to God. And I'm like, God, please let me see all the people that I love in this life one more time so I can tell them I love them. And at that point in time, um, it's the helicopter banks and I have this, like a very beautiful moment where I'm like, okay, this is happening. And end scene. Now, uh, I get to the hospital and my parents are there. I don't remember any of this. This is just like what was told to me. And they pull me out of the helicopter. They tell my parents that I have a 20% chance of living and that um, I need to be intubated immediately. So I got pretty lucky because, uh, oddly enough, there was two uh, kids, boys, my age roughly, that had just died from this similar thing. And so they had ordered this bed called a rotoprone, and it was there. It's like a million-dollar bed or something like that. And basically what it does is it, it uh, rotates you and keeps you like a human rotisserie chicken so that nothing solidifies in your lungs. Oh, so, my God. I know. Wow. Go ahead. C- crazy, right? So uh, yeah. now um, I'm in this bed. I have no idea what's going on. Um, I am somewhere else. So just like breathing from one breath to the next breath, I'm in the divine sacred space. I'm with source. I'm at God. I am there. And um, it is this vibrating, pulsating, all-knowing, all-encompassing, loving, compassionate, non-judgmental, sweet, kind, embracing energy. And it is magnificent. And while I'm there, in the presence of it, I realize that that's me. But this vibrating ball of energy has, uh, like, lots of strings on it. And one of the best ways that I can uh, tell you what it looked like is, have you guys ever seen um, reflections of sunlight off of water that's bouncing up to a ceiling or something like that, where it's like shimmery and moving? Well, that was yes, what it absolutely. was. Crystal, beautiful, amazing. So, um so I uh, am watching this 
vibrating ball of love. Um, and I start looking down and seeing all these strings that are attached to everything, every person, everything. The divine spirit is all things. You are the divine spirit. We all are wow. it. Uh, I'm having these realizations and uh, just a really amazing time um, there. I actually didn't want to come home. They, the spirits and source <laughs> um, were like, hey, you're going to do some big things and we, we need you to go back. And it kind of walked me through this program where uh, it wanted to show me that I'm, you're always here. Even if you're not here, like energy never dies. And um, and uh, so let's say, for example, Kathy, it was showing me trying to make you not touch a burner that's hot. And so from, from this side, where I'm right here physically present with you, I'm like, Kathy, don't touch that. And you're like, okay, okay. But from the other side, it was much more like energetic, like trying to get you to realize I was there shaking my arms and waving around. And I could see that that wasn't, um, that wasn't going to be as easy. So it showed me some other stuff, too, that I'm not really – it's like that part is blanked out, and I think it was some futuristic things that are like, here's what's going to happen. But then it took it away from me because we have free choice, and so we can do whatever we deem fit. So um, I decided to come back. I wake up, it's like three o'clock in the morning. Um, I'm in a weird room because that bed that I was in uh, was so big that I was in like a storeroom of the uh, ICU unit. And um, so I'm super confused. I'm like, I just come from love and now I'm back in this cold place. I can't move. I've lost like uh, what, I weighed 180 and came down to 155 or something like that. Lost a bunch of weight. Uh, I'm so thirsty when I wake up. I just want some water and I need some attention because I have no idea what's going on. I literally am so confused. So uh, I'm sitting in there and um, uh, a nurse finally comes in and I ask for some water. They give me a Dixie cup, like a little three ounce Dixie cup of water and uh, I drink that. And there's some parts of the story that I don't know if it's appropriate to say on, on this podcast, but uh, you can listen to like it or not and figure <laughs> out that the, little detail. Tune in to like it or not. Tune in to like it or That's not. That's right. The rest of that story. Oh, I love you guys. Exclusive. Uh, so the anyway. Exclusive one. Um, yeah. You got to go over there for the exclusive. Uh, I get up to um, 15, 20 minutes. Um, one of the nurses comes in and, and I say something to her and I end up getting put on the third floor. And um, I have a window and when I get up there, I get some water and I'm like super excited and I'm outside staring out the window and there's this amazing candlelit visual. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. So I watch it and watch it and this doctor walks into my room and I'm staring out the window and he looks at me and he's like, what are you looking at? And I said, oh, this amazing candlelit visual. There must be like a little boy with cancer here or something like that. And everyone, there's so much love out there. I can see it. 
And the doctor goes, hmm, and then turns around and walks away like, no, bro, there's nothing there. Good drug. So, Good drug. Uh, I, yeah, I have a, a couple of theories on, on what – it took me a while to figure out. It was um, – I was either witnessing all the prayers that had been sent to keep me here, or I was witnessing the spirits that came back to embrace me coming back. And they were like, thank you. Welcome home. We're so grateful that you're back. Like, uh, so this amazing experience happened. Um, so that is kind of my experience in a nutshell. I went through some traumatic <laughs> things with um, trying to talk to people about this because, um, you know, death is shunned. Religion sometimes keeps things in boxes and the universe and God is too big for a box. And um, so I went through some really painstaking times when I was younger trying to figure out what had happened to me. And um, through prayer and meditation, I had uh, spiritual help, so to speak, that would always bring me things when I needed it. Um, I remember one time I was it was like December 21st, interesting day to have something like this happen. I'm watching a video on um, energy, and these Buddhist monks are meditating intentions back and forth to each other. And this guy had developed a camera that could capture an image of the energy that was being transmitted. So I'm watching this. My phone is over on my, uh, my desk. And all of a sudden, um, I, like I said, I've been praying for guidance and answers. Uh, my phone is over by itself. I'm not touching it. Nothing's going on. And um, it breaks into another video, and it starts off, you're about to have an experience. You're about to have a conversation with God. And I'm like, what the <laughs> is going on? So my phone won't shut off. I can't, I can't stop it. I can't turn it down. I can't do anything. And it proceeds to be the book conversations of, with conversations God. with God by Neil Donald Walsh. And that really helped it, yeah. me um, get more in tune with myself and what's going on in my head and help me facilitate some of these um, emotions and feelings and the reason that I could see that you needed a hug, you know what I mean? Like is yeah. because I'm yeah. trying to practice this uh, awesomeness that is. Wow. Okay. So there are so many places I want to go with this conversation, but I, I want to first right. say uh, <laughs> the book conversations with God, which I find fascinating that you bring in because I feel like that particular book comes to people when they need to change what's happening. Like that, when you want, are you seeking answers? Start with conversations with God book one, because it does give you so many life answers. And that is like back from like 1990s, you know, like it's, he wrote it many years ago. Uh, so I just really wanted to kind of talk about one of the things, you know, this is taking it back in your story, but one of the things is the first thing you said when you woke up was, I wanted to tell all the people I love that I love them. And 
And I, when I was doing the research for my book, and I interviewed a lot of people on, hey, if you only had six months, what would you do? Uh, that was the resounding theme. I would tell everybody that I love that I love them. And so it always brought me back to why don't we do that? And I do. Like now it's like I don't leave a conversation without love you to the people I love because I know it could be my last love you. I know it could be. And I want them to say, well, the last thing she said was love you or the last thing we exchanged was love because it is all about love. You being able to see I needed a hug, that's the energetic flow of love between two people male, female, friendships, it doesn't matter. It's that connection of energetic love. And the second thing I wanted to circle back to was your vision. And when I was listening to that on, on the podcast, uh, like it or not, plug number three. Uh, boom, 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 boom. Right? Right. <laughs> they, uh, when I heard that story, my first thought was angels. Like there was no question, you know, because I'm sort of an angel seeker and, you know, I've had my time with angels and, and I still 100% call them in when I need them. But I want, I feel like that was them saying uh, that your spiritual guides and angels were like, we got you. You're back on the third floor. And yes, this is going to be messy. But the other thing that you said was you have more. And the other resounding theme that I got when I was doing research for the book was it's not your time to go yet. You need to go back and do. And so when you have that realization, Tim, all of a sudden the fear in life switches. Because why am I going to be afraid to try, to live, to learn, to love, to do anything? Uh, yeah. I, yeah. So I wanted to kind of touch. Uh, now, circling back, that's my lead-in question here is how did, it, how did it change for you after that experience? Like how did you start living your life again? And I know it's, well, a lot, it's like evolved a, a lot of time because you kept it quiet for a long time. Like you didn't tell a lot oh, yeah. of people. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I have um, a very loving family that has a set of beliefs that, you know, m my experience didn't fit into their beliefs. But, you know, I'm sure that when Moses saw the burning bush, um, people were like, you're nuts. You're crazy. So I get to have this experience and come mm -hmm. back into it. And, um, and now I have to uh, integrate it in. And it, it, it took me quite a while. And actually, there are still moments where I have, like, these integration things. It's like um, consciously I'm leveling up or I learn some new information that changes my perspective on what I thought I knew. I know that uh, when I got back, I cried a lot more. I was much more in tune with this energy mm. of, like, like, tears and letting Emotion, go and yeah. release. Um, but, uh, you know, it, I would say that today I'm living my best life on a cafe, no best life. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> um, and I really just excited about life and I'm excited about the future for humanity and, you know, being able to see that love is the end all of all. It is like, it's so refreshing because, um, you know, there's a lot of fear that broadcasts pump through the veins of uh, televisions and stuff like that. And um, I think one of the reasons that I got to come back is to share this message of love and to yeah. help people find their true selves. And um, 
you know, God is an inside job. And God is an inside job. Well, you know, it, it, when you were talking, we were sort of circling love and fear, and that is one of the biggest basis in Neil Donald Walsh's book. Uh, you, in those choice moments, you choose love or fear. And I used to think that that meant uh, love and compassion for everybody. And, you know, fear was like this um, afraid to love or for afraid to do. But what I feel like now is love is first honoring what's true for you, what's true in yourself. And when you're honoring the love for your own ideas, your own way of living, your own way of communicating with people, and really making those choices for yourself, that is the first step of the love. And then you have love give, and then you don't fear anything because you're like, I'm just operating from who I am. So if, if why am I afraid to do anything? I'm going to take this chance. I'm going to take this leap. I'm going to follow my heart. And a lot of people yeah. get caught up with not being able to do that because of, you know, everyday life. But so I just was really thinking about it when you were saying that. I'm like, yeah, it, was, it all boils down to love and fear. But it starts with honoring yourself first and what's true for you, what's really in your heart. And that is so not easy to do. No. And also sometimes listening to that piece of you, uh, because we run programs that are predicated on what other people have told us. So, you know, I'm not good enough. Thou shalt, thou shalt, thou shalt. (laughs) Yeah. And then that really, you you keep those things running in your uh, subconscious and then, it becomes hard to break through to those things, but it is super doable. And, you know, the first thing you got to do is believe in yourself. And really when you believe in yourself and have faith in yourself that you can do these things, you will do them. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, well, a, I'm an, sense. I can, I can, Go ahead. I said, I'm I an, can. I can, man. I can't, I can do it. I can do it. And, you know, I I do things all the time that I've never done before, especially like mechanical things or like I like building stuff and art. And I'm like, oh, I can do that. And then I'll figure out how to do it. I watch some YouTube videos. You know, I just want to give a shout out to YouTube because that is pretty much the the professor of the the 21st century. Anything you want to learn how to do, you type it in and wow. The information that we have at our fingertips is, oh, God, so good. (laughs) It's so good. You know, and, yeah, and shout out to all the people who put all those videos out. Thank you so much because I swear during tax season this year, if it wasn't for some of my tax, like YouTubers giving me the this is how you do the PPP, this is how you do this, I was just like, you are sent from God because I could spend hours researching, you know, the law and I can go to their videos and find, like you said, find it out. So that's super good. So we're almost coming to the end here of our uh, little podcast today, but I, I want to talk about, uh, you know, what do you, I, I want to ask you just a question that's total random. If you could pick out, and I think it's important for people to ask themselves this question, which is why I'm asking you, uh, what do you think your strengths are? now today in your life your strengths what what do you get to do that you didn't get to do before well i can i can read people's emotions pretty good like i can see things that other people can't see 
um, interactions between parents and children, uh, interactions between boyfriends, girlfriends, interactions, you know, like those kind of things. I can pick up on little nuances of uh, either what is said or the emotional, yeah, the body language that's being produced. Um, And so it, you know, it's also something that needs to be cultivated as well, right? Because you can think something and it might not be right, but more or less, uh, getting knowing, in touch with knowing. my, yeah, with my feeling self is a really big uh, superpower that I would say. I love that answer because feeling is the secret. Like that is the, when you and and I'm learning this more and more, especially by working with uh, Lauren Strangio, which who was also oh, yeah. on the Like It or Not podcast. Oh, plug yeah, four. she's amazing too. And, Shout out to Lauren, but. Yeah, she really uh, unleashed some emotional blockages in my in my process of life. Like I am a, like you know, a, people who know me know I can stoically walk through anything and be like, warrior, you know, like disprove that for working those days in a row. But uh, she was able to say, yeah, you're walking stoically because this emotion is blocked. And so once she unleashed that emotion in me and I was able to cry it out or whatever it was or, or justify the emotion, uh, I noticed that I was feeling better. And so when I say feeling is the secret, you know, this is a whole other conversation. We're going to talk about the secret in later shows. Yeah. Uh, Do you think so that I, some of your blockage comes from – so you were raised with all boys. And here's an interesting fact. <laughs> I was raised with all females. Um, and, I did not and know that so, about you. How funny. How great. I had uh, my sister. love her to death. And my all my cousins were females. Of course, one of the reasons, like, you know, I, I have a lot of friends that want to, like, fight and stuff like that and wrestle. I, I could never do that because I would break my sister. And I would get in trouble all the time for beating her up. But so now you talk about your stoicness. Is that... Does that come from uh, having all boys around you? Wow, that's an interesting question because uh, I would say I I would say probably I had to I was I was very uh, feminine masculine like because I grew up with boys I could do all the man per se ride motorcycles you know and do all the things that we did when we were little mini bikes you know and stuff like that and and so I had that sort of masculine environment for the you know first 15 or 16 years of my life so yeah I would say a lot of it did come from being one of the guys and men are Mm -hmm. notoriously better at holding in their feelings holding up their their show there's a lot of, I don't mean to say this against men, and we'll have this conversation, there's a lot more ego involved, whereas women are more a little bit raw, yeah. a little more gentle, a little bit more, you know, huh. so I had a blend, and I was like the best feminine tomboy I, you can find because I would be like high heels and blue jeans instead of just blue jeans, mm-hmm. you know, it's like. I, Red I, lipstick I, I on. Yeah, but I might have been wearing a black leather jacket, but I had on the the, the earrings and the, and the and the bracelets, and and it's funny because so I really tried to blend, I think, the feminine masculine, and and how that has made me who I am today. So stoic with emotion, you know, <laughs> able to yeah. emotion a lot more now than I ever was for sure. 
interesting question. Well, oh, my good. God, I love, like, somebody asked me a question about myself on the show. It's, like, so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Absolutely. you know, if I'm going to co- help you co-host, you know, we got to, like, dig in a little bit. and uh, we got to dig in, and, and there's going to be a lot to dig in with. And so just to give you guys a gist, we are going to be doing a show next Wednesday, and then mm-hmm. we're taking a break. Tim's going on vacation, and I'm going on vacation, and, like, then we'll come back in the first week of June and dive back into some really great uh, over-the-summer conversations where you'll be able to listen to your podcast on your paddleboard, in your kayak, at the beach, like, all the things. That's right. I'm so excited about it. So I'm really excited, Thank you, thank you. Go ahead. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. I was just going to say I'm really excited to uh, go on vacation. It's been a long time since I have been on vacation, uh, and I am going with Inner Rising Retreats to Columbia to sit with a shaman and uh, drink ayahuasca. So so this is really exciting. Yeah. And that's a whole other conversation because the ayahuasca is like a whole next level uh, experience of, uh, we'll explain what that is when you get back and kind of what your experience was on that. Uh, You're going with a a group of people? Yeah. uh, Drew, Emily, um, Dan and Terry, uh, let's see, uh, Katie, a bunch of really great people and, um, the the shaman Alejandro, he's the sweetest. He's just like a, a sweet Jesus. He's funny. And, uh, you know, I've, I read a quote somewhere that says you can tell uh, the quality of a man by his laughter. And his laughter is just so pure mm-hmm. and innocent and fun and free. It's like, ah, so good. So you to go sit. And- that's, actually, that's a trait that a man has to have if he's going to be in my life. It's like if you can't make me laugh, it's not going to work. Like, you must make yeah. me do that twice a day, at least. Like, I love to laugh. It's uh, one of my favorite things, for sure. So, okay, thank uh, you so, 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 so much for your time, and uh, yeah. we will see you all next week on the Best Life Cafe. Mwah. Thank you. Much love. Many blessings, all.